Welcome, Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your favorite blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic broadcasting live good evening ladies and gentlemen thank you for stopping by the blockhead nation once again you are listening to your favorite blockhead the only podcast in the podcasting world that can somehow incorporate the peanuts comic strip one minute and then be talking about mma and warriors inside the octagon the next we have guest number 11 that has joined us on the show we've been trying to get him on for a while and finally the stars in the podcasting world have aligned and he is here before we get started, guys, I want to make a quick shout-out to one of my links from my merchants. Y'all know how you can support the show. You know that you can go. You can be a part of some of the products and the services that are here on the show. I do small and mid-sized companies. Anything you decide that you want to be a part of, you get a discount. I get a commission. Everything works out in the, in the good world there. You'll see my disclaimer in the podcast and on the blog page. But, you know, you spend all day on your phone anyway. You guys spend time surfing the web. You spend time playing video games, and you spend time shopping. Why not put a little extra cash back in your pocket and a couple of gift cards while you do that with using Swagbucks, the largest online reward site that gives free gift cards to its members just for their online activities that you do every single day. You receive gift cards for taking surveys, shopping, searching the web, watching videos, watching your movie trailers for upcoming movies, and playing games. Swagbucks has been featured on large platforms such as BuzzFeed, such as ABC and Fox. If you go through my link through the uh, blog page and you get the, the signups, you will get yourself automatically a $5 bonus for signing up as a new user and put some cash back in your pocket with Swagbucks. That's a shout out to my friends over at Swagbucks and the assistance to your favorite blockhead to build this little platform, to build this little show. Now, guys, this gentleman has been plugged many times on my show. He is the official CEO of the Yogi's Podcast Network. I'm really talking about the dog that is Yogi, but speaking on his behalf, his right-hand man, the Aaron to his Moses, we have on our show the one, the only, Mike from the Nightly Rant Podcast and from Yogi's Podcast Network. Mike, what's going on, man? I'm happy to be here. I was just checking out Swagbucks. Interesting concept, interesting concept. It's been it's been a lot of fun to promote these, as you know. It's kind of one of those as a as a guy who is a common man podcaster, we have to pretty much you know rub two sticks together out here and and do our thing. But it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun promoting stuff like that. So, Mike, I actually have you on the show finally. I want to make sure: Do we have the CEO in the presence in the room? Does he give the nod of approval tonight? Is your dog Yogi in the room? He is directly under my right arm at the moment. Okay, so before we actually get into the rapid fire I have for you, would it be fair to allow the CEO just to 
we can get a little bit about his background. Is there a story that the Blockhead Nation should know about Yogi and about what you guys do over there with your furry loved ones, you and Toria? Yes, um, Yogi over here was, um, he was a stray that was picked up in the uh, Orange County Animal Shelter um, when he was about 11 months old. And um, I was, I'd gone through a divorce and my youngest daughter wanted a dog for her whole entire life. <laughs> Seriously, like her whole right. entire life. And so she would watch the, when, when we were getting set up to move to where I live now, she would watch the webpage for the Orange County Animal Shelter. And she would like keep an eye on certain dogs that she was interested in. And sure. so one day she convinced me to go down there because she saw a couple that she really liked. Uh, one in particular who, um, turned out to be Yogi. And um, we we arrived at the uh, animal shelter late in the day. I remember it was a busy, busy, busy day. And we arrived at the animal shelter and we, we saw Yogi and um, she had to see him. You know, she had to take him out of the cage. So we took him out to a little meet and greet with Yogi. And he right away came up to us and, you know, bestowed us with, you know, all sorts of tongue kisses all over the face and, you know, sure. typical hey, dog, right. typical dog maneuver. And, um, but the amazing thing about Yogi was he had already been in the pound for mm, four weeks. He was pretty close to the end of his ropes. And um, so we adopted him. And um, fast forward a couple of years when we decided to start the uh, podcast network, we were bouncing around names. And, you know, the fir first thing came the nightly rant, then came the podcast network um, because multiple other podcasts kind of evolved out of, you know, the nightly rant. And um, we named it after Yogi um, because, you know, he would always be the one who would sort of determine when we could podcast. Uh, you know, Yogi needs to eat dinner and go out, so can't podcast yet. Right. Uh, Yogi, Yogi's grumpy and barking at the neighbors, can't podcast yet. Um, so, you know, we said, hey, he's the boss. So we, we made him the boss. But, you know, the thing I'll tell you is now on my left side, I have Bree, and she is our um american staffordshire terrier mixed dog that we got oh, from wow. from the rescue that we work with toria and i work with um dachshunds and friends rescue and yes they <laughs> believe it or not they mostly get the end friends part we get a lot of strange unusual mixed dogs and this one here um her siblings have been dna tested she has not and she's got zero dachshund in her zero so she's definitely an end friend um, but she's, she's super sweet and we decided to adopt her. She reminded us of a former foster we had. So that's, that's what we do with our furry friends. I mean, we, we, um, every so often on the nightly rant, and we haven't done this in a long time, but we do what we call the zoo update and we go over and we, we have oh, three, right, yes. we have three cats, we have four guinea pigs, we have two, two dogs and a foster dog. So we've added a dog. And so I think actually he just inspired me that maybe next week we'll, We'll do a zoo update because, you know, the zoo has changed. So definitely got to make some updates on that. Just for those that don't know that happened to be listening on the Blockhead Nation. Since I have Mike on, he I've been on his show with Yogi's Podcast Network many times. So for the Yogi's Podcast Network listeners, I'm kind of become a, quote, friendly voice. So there's nothing new here. They're just used to hearing an introduction from Mike. So therefore, this time you have what's going on, what's called a swap cast, just in case there might have been a listener out here that may not have understood what's happening. So we got our intro of Yogi out of the way. Now we've got Mike here and that is going to give a few of his pointers. 
I've got for him a rapid fire. There was a time when I went on Dallas on air and he came back and said something about a top 10 that he was going to quote steal from the blockhead. So I'm literally giving him the exact thing he asked for, just what the doctor prescribed. I'm giving him 10 rapid fire questions that are going to happen tonight just to see where this takes us to introduce you who the man that Mike Mahoney is. So Mike, the question I have here is the first one I want to ask. And believe me, this isn't anything that I just dreamed up and somehow blockhead pulled a, an amazing uh, double header with all these questions. This is something straight from Tim Ferriss. He's asked questions of some of the very best on his podcast. And I'm asking you along the same things. The best podcasters are the best thieves. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, is there something in Orange County or something you believe, believe your whole life that you have believed that others around you would actually find insane? Maybe something you get accosted for and you got a chance to vent about that here on the show. So something you believe that others absolutely find crazy and maybe you you have to deal with that day in and day out. So what would that be? Share it with us. Well, it's easy. That's a topic that we we discuss quite a lot on a nightly <laughs> rant because – we we have issues with people who um they want to lie about people and say that it's their first amendment right to do so and you know i, I i've i'm a libertarian i believe you know yeah. less government more freedom but what i do believe is what i do not believe in is fraud and to me when you lie about somebody and make up stories about somebody that's fraud and a lot of people think it's insane they think that you know you should never you should never be removed from a Facebook group. You should never have a post deleted because that's your First Amendment rights. But, I mean, didn't we learn as a kid that you can't go into a crowded room and yell fire? That's sure. not protected by the First Amendment. Right. And I personally feel, even though it seems like the courts don't agree, that lying about people and not having to back up the, the, those comments with the truth um, shouldn't be protected speech because – um, I feel like it's a slippery slope into, you know, the pits of hell, really, because what 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 can you do if I started going online and posting on your Facebook wall? Um, hey, you know, Brian did this, you know, and Brian did this other heinous thing and then he did this other heinous thing and they're all lies. You know, your response should just be, look, Mike, either shut up or tell me, you know, show me the evidence. And if I can't sure. show you the evidence, I probably should shut up. Um, but what if I just get to keep going on and going on and just change the subject? I mean, after a while, it's going to drive you insane. And that is what a lot of people in Orange County, um, surprisingly, since it's now somewhat of a um, blue area um, and they want to, like, have everybody get it, get their way on everything. It's kind of surprising to me that people believe that what I'm thinking about would I guess would be called another limitation to First Amendment rights. They think that that's wrong. And I know, I, I mean, I have libertarian friends who argue with me all the time. Hey, just ignore them. Well, you know, what if the, you could take it a step further? What if they go to the police and say you did X, Y, or Z? And, and you know, the police are going to say, hopefully, where's the evidence? So if they're free to say whatever they want and get away with it, why do the police want evidence? It doesn't make any sense to me. And a lot of people have argued with me about that, you know, it's what's the word they tell me that you're not transparent when you act in this manner. But you know what? If someone were to ask me, you know, excuse the the analogy, but if someone were to ask me, like, you know, when's the last time you strangled a dog to death? 
I'd have to say I can't answer that question because I've never strangled a dog to death. But then it's, oh, come on, you're not being transparent. Well, I, I just answered your question. Just because it wasn't the answer you hoped for, you were seeking, yeah, doesn't mean it wasn't an answer. And that's um, something that literally drives me crazy. Um, and people think I'm insane for thinking that way. Huh. And don't, no need to excuse the analogy. There's nothing off limits here. So, I mean, that's, but it, again, in a way, I might have thrown this question into a odd spot because it's kind of hard to retrace from that one. That's a pretty, <laughs> that one's going to take us down a pretty deep rabbit hole all through, the, through this podcast, which, which is a lot of fun, though. Don't get me wrong. It is. It's just, but I bring it back to a lighthearted one just because I haven't heard this on your show either, and I do want to use it. I'm not sure if you're a guy that would, if you had a choice to prefer a movie or a documentary, I'm not going to make you choose tonight, but do you have a particular favorite movie or documentary that really has shaped the way that you have your viewpoints and where you stand today? Is there something that you can always reach back and go, you know, when I first watched this or when I first saw this documentary, this really started to change and alter the direction of my life. Do you have one of those? Well, Probably I would have to say um, it would be either it's probably a toss up between um, a Clockwork Orange, which is a very, mm -hmm. very, very old movie. Yeah, and, 1972. And um, Kill Bill Volume 2. Um, okay. Those movies just when, you know, a lot of people when they watch, especially Kill Bill Volume 2, they only see the violence and, you know, criminal element, et cetera. But when you really. The eye pluck. Yeah, when you really, exactly when you really dig in, though, there's philosophy in there that, yeah. um, you know, kind of changed the way I think a little bit. But but honestly, I mean, you know, not to kind of take us down a, a different path, but I mean, it's That's sort okay. of it's sort of answering the question. I mean, I mean, the documentary that I would say um, completely changed how I think would be my own divorce. I mean, I've okay. been divorced once i never plan to be divorced ever again sure. i never plan to be divorced the first time to be honest the tory uh, and empire can find you buddy <laughs> <laughs> but that that was a life changer for me because I, I guess everything you think about your world is completely different when you go through a divorce and i've heard this from so many people and people go down two paths they either get super skeptical and negative or they make changes. And for me, it changed how I thought politically. It changed how I think about societal issues. Um, it, it changed a lot of things. And like, I probably would have been, you know, to go back to that first question, I probably would have been one of those people who was like, hey, they should be allowed to say whatever they want to say. But when you have people say things about you just to hurt you, and that's their sole purpose, that yeah. doesn't seem like our founding fathers we're thinking of that when they were right. talking about freedom of speech, you know, and what I really like is the same people will tell you, well, this is Facebook. You don't have freedom of speech here. Freedom of speech is to be able to speak out against the government. Okay, great. So then why do you get to lie about other people? They're not the government. And yeah. If, if I look at the first amendment, it's actually, it says to petition the government speech yeah. is right at the bottom of the first amendment. So it's yeah. kind of a, a very broad evolving type of thing in the first amendment. Well, and then anyway. see, and I live, unfortunately, and I do say that it's unfortunate and it'll only be a couple more years where this is the case, but we live in California and in the Cal, what people don't know is in the California constitution, you know how our system of government is set up so that there's federal laws and you can't 
you can't create weaker laws than the federal laws, but you can create stronger laws than the federal laws. So at the state yeah. level, you know, if if they want to make the penalties stiffer for something, they can. Um, if they want to make it a little more a rule of law, a little more strict, they can. Well, what California did right in the Constitution of the state of California, they really broadened what freedom of speech means. I mean, we don't even have we literally don't even have a libel statute in California. We have what's called false light. And oh, wow. it's very similar to libel, but hmm, next to impossible to win a false light lawsuit. Uh, in California, you'd you'd almost have to have you'd almost have to have like, say, you, me, and another person are involved, and the other person's committing libel against me. We would almost have to have them say to you, "Well, I know everything I'm saying is false, but I'm going to say it anyway." And then you'd have to testify at court, and you'd have to be believable, and then we could win. So you get what I'm saying. You'd have to have like concrete yeah. proof that they knew they were lying. And how how do you do that? I mean, what are they going to do? Admit it on the stand? I doubt it. But Doubtful. that for me, it was my divorce. I think that's, you know, at some point I'm going to put out a YouTube video about what I went through in my divorce and what I'm still going through from my divorce, which was seven years ago, almost a decade. And I'm still dealing with issues from my divorce because it really has shaped the person that I am today. And unfortunately, both in a good way and a bad way. That's all I can say about that. Well, and then when the time comes, the documentary is completed, then obviously that's going to be shared the heck out of over in the Blockhead Nation. It'll be a link that's often used in there, so for sure. Uh, it, this one is a little bit, I, I guess, uh, not so much risky or dangerous, but this one is one if you are willing to disclose this. Is there possibly, if you were to have a board and you were to have your all the people that have that have actually wronged you, but are people that you believe the world needs to hear about and you need to hear what this person has done. If you were to do one of those, we're going to call that a hit list. I'm not going to say this is where we get into some weird ground here. Not necessarily going to, you're going to go out and cause any harm to them. But if you had one, is there possible that you could disclose to either the blockhead nation or the Yogi's pocket network? Is there a top five, hit list or a top five group of people, five people that you can deduce down and say, these five people, y'all need to know who they are. You need to know that they are a cancer and they need to be removed. Do you have any, or do you just kind of wish to uh, use your fifth amendment privilege on that one? Heck no, I'm not going to use my fifth amendment privilege. <laughs> I, I didn't I, think I, you I would. Think you, you know me better than that. Um, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I, so. I, I actually, I mean, before I tell you that, I'll tell you the other night I, um, you know, you helped out last week, um, yeah. with, um, when Toria was in Canada and right, us up then Tuesday, she was coming back Wednesday. And so Tuesday night I started doing some calculations and I'm like, you know, I need an episode. So I did a solo episode. It's the first time in nightly rant history that there's a solo episode. It's never, ever happened before. Right. And let me tell you, my friend, I have to go back and edit that episode like quite a lot. I actually oh, wow. have a, I actually have a paid editor that I've been using for that show for maybe six months now. And I'm not yeah. giving him that episode until I edit it first. Um, there's some things I said in there that, um, <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't have said. <laughs> so with that said, I will I will reiterate what you just said. Nothing that I'm about to say. No person I'm about to say is ever going to be harmed. Um 
This right. Is all pure, this is all purely for fun and to discuss, um, you know, uh, yeah, show content. All and, hypothetical. And so the first, you know, and I'm going to, ref- I'm not going to name names because that's sort of a, a theme on the nightly rant. We don't like to name names. In fact, um, Tori and I are very good at giving people nicknames for this very reason. Uh, and that way, you know, you give somebody a nickname later in the future, you can refer back to that nickname. Right. They regular listeners like you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah. So, so number one on the hit list is my stalker. Okay. I mean, people need to know what a crazy lunatic this person is. And for, for so many reasons, and <laughs> quite honestly, this person is exposing themselves to the world on a regular basis these days. Um, number two would be the, uh, the uh, angry handyman is what I'm going to call him. He was a okay. former member of a, we used to do a meetup group. And in the early days of uh, the nightly rant, we spoke about the meetup group and um, he's made a few physical threats towards me. And of course he's, you know, maybe I'm six foot two, 265 pounds. And he's like, I don't know, five foot two and like, you know, 220. So, he doesn't want to mess with me physically, but he tells people that he does. Then I would have to say, you know, probably number three um, would be, well, this is the one person that we're just going to have to kind of name without naming. Would have to be the ex-wife um, for the constant barrage of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Non-cordial behavior towards myself and my beautiful wife. Um, you know, that, that's, that's number three, right? Then number okay. four, and you asked for five, so I'm going to give you five. So number, okay. number four would, hmm, the last two are going to be hard. Wow. Okay. Well, no, number four would probably be the husband of the stalker. Okay. Um, just because, you know, sometimes I, I've said this on the nightly rant many times, there are men who I see in the world who make me feel embarrassed that I am also a man. Um, mostly those are men who act in a kind of perverted sexual way towards women. I'm, yeah, of course. you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that like, you know, if a woman is, is scantily clad and she's in the elevator with me, I'm staring at the door, you know, I'm right. trying to be respectful and, um, more, not just for her, of course, that's a big reason, but for my wife, you know, I want to yeah. show her respect that. I'm not going to sit here and ogle some woman. So, you know, usually that's why I get disgusted with men is the way they act towards women. That just grosses me out. But this guy is not doing his wife a service um, by the way he handles things. He he chimes in and, you know, I'm all for supporting your spouse, but I'm also all for making sure that your spouse knows, hey, you ran off the train tracks here. You know, you better get back on the tracks. He doesn't do that. That was number four. And then number five, the final person who, you know, honestly, these could be put in any order, to be honest with you. I think number five will be the um, fascist admin on Facebook who started all of the stalker. Uh, Yes. And that person only because this is a person who a person asks a question and they will literally respond. Why did you ask that stupid question, you idiot? Like, I don't like abusive people. That's why I find it ironic when people, um, they misinterpret my bluntness 
for being abusive because I don't abuse people. I just, I, Toria likes to describe it. Like if you've seen the movie monsters Inc and you know how like they go and the monsters go into the human realm and they scare the little kids and that, but what there's not supposed to ever do is bring something back from the right. human realm into the monster realm. And so the one time the the guy brings back, I can't remember which monster it was, but it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. I mean, my, my youngest is 16. So, you know, um, it's been a while. Um, but, sure. <laughs> but, but they bring back like a sock is on his shoulder and they freak out and they throw the sock in the ground and then they drop this glass thing on it and then they bolt it to the ground and then boom, they blow the sock up. That's how I am. When I have discussions with people, I give them the truth and nothing but the truth devoid of emotion and mm, people don't know how to handle that. So, so, but I'm not going to be abusive, like telling somebody, I may think, wow, that was a really stupid question. I'm not going to say it to the person. Why, why hurt somebody's ego? Like, that's just, that's rude. So there's my five. I'm not shy. I'm not going to hide from questions like that. And actually, but I will tell you, Brian, that is probably the riskiest question anyone has ever asked me. So kudos to you. And you safely maneuvered your way through it, though. And the thing is, I can tell anybody, for at least for the Blockhead Nation listeners, if you wanted to go back and figure out who these top five are, you're going to have to do your homework. You're going to have to go back through my link for Yogi's Podcast Network and comb through those old episodes to know what he's talking about because I'm able to nod along with him and give approval and go because I can actually narrow down who these people are. I might be a little bit off. I may be like two of them. But still, it's one of those I'm able to identify with what you're saying, Mike. So in a way, that was beautifully done. It really was. It was a risky question, and we took the risk, and that was yep. a fun little trip to take. So yep. now to bring it to the, to bring it to I guess a more leisure approach. Do you, other than uh, what you do with your dogs and what you do with your charities and what you do uh, in the community, do you have any weekend or evening interests? Something that you do that's not related to podcasting that maybe the listeners don't know that maybe they didn't even know was one of your interests, something you do on the weekend in the evenings when you're just relaxing and, you know, getting into your chill mode. Do you have something that you do that's part of your leisure? Well, yeah. Um, you know, I don't count activities with uh, th that I partake with my children because to me, that's just being a dad right. and that's what you should do. Sure. Uh, yeah. But I, figured out a while well i mean i've done this for my entire life but i figured out a while ago how important it is to continue to do this and i've kind of forced myself back into this habit because you know i'm a i'm a, a cto um on demand basically for companies and so i'm yeah. constantly in front of the computer either having meetings editing podcasts doing podcasts yeah so after a while i get sick of the computer so what i do is i pull out the old chessboard set up the pieces and I have, and I go through chess books and, um, study, study, study. And, um, lately about twice a day, I log in online and play some chess games, but at night specific to your question, I just relax and go over games and I find it kind of cathartic. It, it takes my mind off of the things of the day, but at the same time, um, the way I look at it, it's like, you know how like tools can get a little bit um, beat up and rusty and so then you clean them, right? Well, Definitely, yeah. th that's what this is like to me. It's like it kind of takes the rust off the brain uh, from, that is collected from the day's events 
and all of the craziness because you know during the day i mean i'm i'm involved in politics almost too much so and i'm starting to rethink that tell you the truth um but i'm really involved in in politics i'm involved in community issues i'm involved with my kids and sometimes this stuff just bends the brain and so i kind of hammer it back into shape with some chess games and um you know it's it's sad though you know like i said i've done this my whole life when i was a kid every and by kid i mean between the ages of like 12 and 20 every monday and friday every monday and friday i was at the santa monica bay chess club in santa monica california overlooking the ocean in the santa monica senior citizen center right there on ocean avenue playing chess against other live human beings and these days trying to find that is like it's like trying to find a unicorn it's impossible See, never would have known that if I didn't ask you that question. Because I mean, that does make sense that that would shape and polish you uh, during your downtime. That that really does make sense and for you, Mike. I like that. So I know you are familiar with TED Talks. If somehow you were able to be a presenter for a TED Talk, what do you think? It could be anything that we've even talked about in this podcast. What do you think would be the topic that you would want to share if you were on YouTube and the world was watching you for a TED talk? Well, there's so many things that I could do with a TED talk. Um, But I would probably talk about my, uh, I know you're not going to expect this. And honestly, I think if my wife was sitting here, she wouldn't expect it either. My approach to parenting, it's, very different than most people that I know. And yet it's very like, if you were to throw it out to experts on parenting, they would probably agree with most of what I have to say. So, and I say this because I'm in a unique situation. You know, I was married to the same woman for 20 years. We had four kids together, but one, one of them is almost 28. Uh, One of them is almost 25. Then we have a almost 18 year old and an almost 16 year old. So, you know, there's a huge gap of seven years between the youngest of what I call the first set of kids and the oldest of the second set. And so I actually got a chance to kind of reflect on how I handled the first set and try a slightly different approach with the second set. And actually, I've seen quite a lot of success with it. So I'm. You know, I'm happy to I'd be happy to have a, you know, give a TED talk on that. And I think it would be interesting. I do, too, honestly, because, you know, you you did throw out something about parenting because you mentioned on one show how people approach you and say your kids are so well behaved. And you go, if only you knew how they were at home. (laughs) But we talked about how they let their hair down. You would prefer them doing it at home, even though it might drive you crazy to know that they're going out into public and being the best them that they can possibly be. It's. It's nice to hear that because sometimes parents need to know that that's okay too. So it, it's really nice to know that if that's one aspect, you can make a whole TED talk about that. Well, I'd be tuning in to, to hear this one. I would be intrigued. Um, you know, on the favorite blockhead hour, I try to, and sometimes I fail on this one. I try to share a scripture of the day just because you know my Trinity. My Trinity does involve a faith walk. Now, I'm not going to ask you if you have a favorite uh, Bible scripture unless you do. And you're welcome to share. But do you have some kind of a favorite philosophical quote that you know that you would use? Something in philosophy 
maybe that you've learned all these years. Maybe there are several quotes that you like that you like to implement. Are there any of those that you would like to share with uh, the Blockhead Nation tonight? Well, I mean, I could answer on all levels because, I mean, I attended seminary when I was in my 20s. And I taught a lot at churches. And while I'm not, I'm not a big believer of organized religion these days. It's one of honestly, it's one of the fatalities of my divorce. Was organized religion. Thomas Jefferson didn't believe in organized religion either. I mean, I mean, but I am in no way an atheist. Um, so let's just make that clear. I don't think I've ever really made that clear on the show, but, um, I don't want people to be upset and think I'm, well, there you go. You did they get get mad, you know, but, but I think for me, for me, it just comes down to, um, it's not necessarily a favorite philosophy, but it's something that comes up all the time, especially on the nightly rant. And that is people will never cease to amaze you. And by that, I just mean, when you think you've seen it all, someone comes back at you with something you never could believe. Like talking about my stalker lady, you know, she's yeah. she's busily arguing in defense of a woman we're trying to recall who stole some signs that were put up that's called mm-hmm. her a carpetbagger. And this woman is trying to make the argument that those signs were trash, therefore they could not possibly be stolen. But see, and, and she's trying to present herself as an expert on the law, and she has no law degree. She's not a police officer. So you got to ask yourself, why did the police arrest the woman if that was the case? And why has the district attorney been prosecuting the case for almost a year? And she's mm-hmm. paid for a top-notch legal defense attorney. Why hasn't that defense attorney moved to dismiss the case based on the fact that the signs were trash? It's simple answer. That's no, there's no such thing. And yet when you think that people, a lot of people will say people are basically reasonable or like, you know, as a Christian, you know, that the words, when people say, well, people are basically good, isn't really true. Like, no. like what would a baby do when there's two babies in a room and one baby has their favorite toy there in the middle of the floor and they both crawl up to it and you think they're going to hesitate to haul off Wait, and wall up the other kid. Uh, when that other kid takes their favorite toy? Heck no. So don't tell me that people are born basically good. We learn that behavior. Yeah. Um, and it's it's taught to you. That's why, come on, that's why there's kids. You know, you're, <laughs> you're junior yeah. high, you poor guy. I mean, that's like, that is like the absolute worst age period for parents, teachers, and society. Like those kids, they're unpredictable. Um, but the cool thing I think for you, I notice with kids, between sixth and seventh grade, major change, and between eighth and ninth grade, major change. So it's probably kind of cool for yeah. you to see the evolution. But mm-hmm. people in society, just when you think they've said or done the craziest thing you could ever hear or see, someone outdoes it. And so yeah. that's why I say people never cease to amaze me. Yeah. I haven't figured out why they think of middle school people as saints. I think it's one of those if, if Satan incarnate is in your twelve year old body, you got one of those or two of those at the house. I have twenty five of them for seven periods a day, five days a week, ten months of the year. When I'm shaking hands with parents on the summer vac when it comes summer vacation, they're heading home and I'm like hugging them and I'm giving them high fives. I'm not doing that because I'm like, hey, I really love y'all. I'm gonna miss your kids. I'm actually doing a it's your turn. Tag it. You're yeah. it. Enjoy these <laughs> next three months. Now, the truth is, I really do. They do take a piece of my heart. 
when they do go and they have their summer and they grow up and then they go on to high school. There is a lot of truth to that because they really do become your kids. I don't mean to make this part about well, me, but just well, clarification before, on that. Before you go on to the next question, sure. you this year on 9-11, um, you were really transparent about your like lessons that you were giving. You showed pictures yes. of your board in your room. And you don't normally do that, um, but you yep. did that this year. And um, I'm impressed with like the heart and soul that you put into that because there are certain events in our country's history that should never, ever be forgotten. And that's one of those events. I mean, talk about an event that shaped our society the way it is today. I, I actually wonder sometimes, like, is that why some people are so, why there's so many lunatics in this world? Like, and by that I just mean like you know people are super rude these days. You know, you, right? There's a con you, that comes with it too. And I, and I and I think that's what's occurred here is that you know the government had to kind of put their thumb on things to protect yep. us, and maybe they overstepped a little bit or whatever. But the but the issue that caused it should never ever be forgotten, and I think it's going to help. You know couple hundred years from now you know god willing that this society still exists um it's yeah. going to be something that people look back on and say wow that that shaped our complete future so you know i have to give you kudos for that though because kids need um that kind of passion in order to actually pick up and learn something i remember being in junior high and what i hated about junior high was that in seventh grade i learned history up to a certain point and then in eighth grade we started right back where we started in seventh grade and learned history up to the same certain point and you and now i understand why though as i look back at it um it's interesting because i'm in a group on facebook with some people from my junior high um yes there are still some of us alive um <laughs> but it reminds me now of why they did that because the second year they actually were more detailed. They may have covered the same time period, yeah. but they got into more details and they tested us more on names and dates rather than just events. And right. I think it was kind of like their way of, look, you've already learned this, you know, what's mm -hmm. coming. Now let's put the main characters into play and let sure. you learn who they are and why they did what they did. Because, you know, every country, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to, um, be married to someone from another country and every country has yep. their history. And um, what I've been told is here in the United States, we don't teach enough about what goes on in other countries. And we teach way too much about what goes on in our own country. And that makes us yeah, kind of true. come off, makes us come off as kind of pompous when we travel around because it's all about us, you know, we're the, yeah. we're the greatest. So we've turned a good thing into an ultimate thing. We've really taken it and made it into an idol in so many ways, unfortunately. Now, are yeah. there great stories in it? Is there a lot of stories of perseverance? Sure. Yes, there are. But you've also got your stories of immigrants who came with nothing and gave us the example we need to be following, too. So there's so many dynamics, so many variables that are in that. And, you know, going back to what you mentioned about 9-11, you're right. There's an invariable that we lost on that day, and that's trust amongst mankind. Just go take a look at the airport and how lack of trust there is, which slowed things down. It's like Stephen M. R. Covey said: as trust goes down, cost goes up, and you know, and and the speed goes down. You know. So anyway, he he shared that. Uh, it's a philosophy about how quickly we forget how fast things move when we trust each other, and yeah. that that really happened on that day. So you're totally right. Yeah. The only question I really had here was really I was going to say we mentioned about your philosophy. 
how about if somehow you ended up on a gigantic billboard? Like it had your picture of you in a crisp, sharp-dressed suit, and you happen to have something next to your name, kind of like on Bruce Almighty, trust me, <laughs> or, or Bruce the. Or I think that might have been liar, liar. I take that back. Either Bruce Almighty, where he's like the the king of news. What would be the catchphrase that would be on your billboard if you had one? What would it say? <laughs> oh boy, it's a billboard, so it can't really say what I want it to say. <laughs> we can, we can. I mean, if it, it said, what, if it said what I, if it said what I really want to say, it would probably say most people are stupid. Um, but, but, it pro- but it'd probably say, you know, because one of the catchphrases that I have when I, um, talk to people is, you know, be real, you know, when I'm trying to yeah. solve problems in the community, I tell people, you know, be real with me. Don't, you know, don't smoke, blow smoke out my butt, you know, be real. Right. Um, because we're not going to solve a problem, you know, just, just today, my, my youngest, he wasn't feeling good. And. I say to him, you know, in the morning, well, do you need to stay home from school today? Because if you need to stay home, home from school, and this is a kid that has straight A's, okay? So, oh, wow. you know, you need to stay home from school. Dad's not going to blink an eye. Like, you know, you're sick, you're sick. And and I also, yep. know when, I also know when he's faking. So he was not faking. And he just doesn't say anything. So then we're driving to school, and then all of a sudden he's like passed out in the seat, asleep two minutes later. And I wake mm-hmm. him up, and I'm like, how are you going to get through school today if this is how you are? I just don't feel good. Well, be real with me. Tell me what's what you're feeling because I can't decide yes. how to solve this problem if you're not real with me. So, yeah, you know, there would be my ugly mug in my little suit and tie. And next <laughs> there would just be two words in a period. Be real, period. And there you have it. So simple yet so complex. It really does work. I can actually see that billboard now somewhere outside of the area that would be Orange County or out in Buena Park. Oh, am I going down that road? <laughs> Anyhow, back to questions uh, here. So do, I've already kind of asked this in a way, but I guess this is a little more on a broad section. I mentioned in your area, what do you really feel is the worst advice that people are just accepting that you see that's being shared basically worldwide at this point? I think we've covered it already. But other than just in your area and between friends, if we took this completely global, what would you say is the worst advice that people are just buying into lock, stock, and barrel? Socialism, period. The okay. End. Um, and, and that can cover so many things. That's why I only use the one word. The idea, okay. that every, the idea that we can have everything for free. I mean, I hear people talk about how so many years ago, you know, college was free. Really? I don't ever remember free college. You know, I remember much cheaper college. But sure. so I, I also remember much cheaper food, much cheaper gas, much cheaper housing mm-hmm. costs, et cetera. So point being, things have gotten more expensive. It just is what it is. But free? Nah. I mean, even, you know, even my grandparents didn't have free college, you know, yeah. um, and yet people go around saying that. And I think that's harming the world because we're creating a society where people have their hand out all the time and they're expecting other people to do things for them. I mean, you go back to my philosophy. I didn't think about this, but I've okay. since my divorce, I told each kid who's an adult. So my 17 year old has actually been told this as well, but my my 15 year old has not. You want something from dad? You want you need to borrow money. You need dad to mm-hmm. pay for something. You don't have mom call dad and ask him. You call dad and ask him because um, an adult who wants money 
from another adult or wants support or wants a ride somewhere from another adult doesn't use a, a surrogate to ask the question. They go sure. directly, the go between, you know, yeah. mano a mano. They go right there and they say, hey, can I borrow $100? Or dad, I need to pay for college application fees. Can you, can you pay for that? Um, mm-hmm. And I've told them, anytime mom asks, the answer is instantly no. Um, if you ask, the answer will probably be yes. Right. You just have to ask. Um, and so I think that's the thing is people have to realize that they can't just sit back, hold their hand out, expect the government, their church, their neighbors to take care of their needs. They have to be. I mean, even the Bible says that, you know, God helps those who help themselves. Right. I mean, he doesn't want you to. He tells you, if you don't work, you don't eat. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Right. Um, yeah. And well, so you're not- you know, it comes down to grace is not something that you have to work for. And his mercy is not something you have to work for. But the fruits of your labor is very much into that right there. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll give you that. You yeah, know, some people get that misconception in one. But as far as what you want to gain while you are here, yeah, you can't look at the ground and the farmland and say, give me a crop. No, that's not how it works. Man, faith without works is dead, right? Isn't that right. what it says? Mm-hmm. And, and it makes sense because, you know, you can have faith all you want. But if you don't actually practice yeah. what what that faith says, then sure. it's just a dead faith. It's useless. Right. Even, and even that, the ability. And, that, and that's really the truth. Like it's super useless. So like you, you, you send some, this is what drives me crazy. Like they send these kids to school, they jack them up with huge student loans. And then they're yeah. like, Oh yeah, you can go get a job at McDonald's. What? Like, yeah. Why don't we have a plan to onboard those people? Like that's one of the things we're doing with our, with our business is we're offering, you know, internships and paid internships, not free internships. And we offer it to especially new college students. You know, you got people who coming out of school with a marketing degree, come and come and we'll pay you. You can get some experience doing marketing and then you can have that on your resume. So you can actually get the job you want. Um, And, but if they sat there and didn't do anything, I'm not chasing them down. They got to come to me, not the other way around. And I, I think that's where, you know, socialism, it's not just an economic issue to me. It's also um, just an attitude issue. Like I can just sit back and someone else will take care of me. Mm, you, yeah, might, no. you might be lucky, but most people aren't going to be. Right. They need to have a reason for that. And, you know, and you also can't have the I've got some people that I've put into another category that doesn't fall into socialism, but they fall into this. This is something that a podcaster can really fall, um, can really succumb to, is this whole idea of, if you've seen Rocky Three, where Polly says to him, friends owe, and then Rocky goes, friends don't owe, they do because they want to do. Now that, that comes down to our podcast, our community, is that, you know, you do something for each other because we want to do it, not because we owe you something just because you did send that in return. There's There's something that's going on about that also, too. I see... Not just socialism, I see that poison going on too, because it's like you did for me me now I expect something in return, and I might cash that in five years from now, three minutes from now. That mentality really irritates me it just really does and I know i i I digress on that point, but again, that's kind of just sharing my perspective, so we've got your perspective, my perspective, and obviously it's changed in the last ten years. You've kind of already covered this again thoroughly, but I'm going to ask it again just in case somebody lost their attention, has, is, is now coming in. Hopefully everybody's stuck with us at this point. I'm assuming they have. I'm going to ask you just how has your perspective changed in the last 
10 years, if we went straight from 10 years till now, how has your perspective changed on so many things in your life? I'm a lot less trusting than I used to be. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mentioned that, you know, during that, it's an interesting time span that you give because I went through <laughs> um, a divorce during yeah. that time frame and it made me a lot less trusting. Mm -hmm. We talked about the speed of trust right there. It's, it's a, it's an important intangible. I mean, and you, it was that, that phrase that somebody said that as a, as a young kid, you cheer for the superhero, the older you get, you identify with the villain. We don't mean to make that sound morbid, but it's one of those we we understand. We don't we don't excuse what you're doing, but there's an explanation behind it. We get it. I mean that movie movie Joker coming out, that's the perfect example of what I'm talking about. So Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So I mean, I really it, you've covered a lot, buddy. I mean, again, it's okay that you jumped the gun on me a little bit. I think that's just great. It just kind of goes that's kind of how this show works. I give you the rapid fire, and now I guess with our cool down, uh, I don't want to just close you up, but obviously at the end of my shows, I always give the guest a chance to give listeners their parting words. So for the last parting words, do you have something that you want the listeners for the Blockhead Nation and for Yogi's Podcast Network to really get deep down into their soul and into their psyche? If there's one thing they're going to remember about you tonight from this podcast, what is that going to be? What do listeners need to remember about you? Um, I'm a passionate person. I'm big on the truth. I'm almost to a fault. I like facts and not emotions. I'm, uh, I'm a softie when it comes to kids and animals, but I think that adults should be adults and adults, um, you know, there's a right, there's a right and a wrong. There's a yes or a no. Um, there's always something factual that can be discussed. And if and if there are no facts, well, then you need to find them. You know, if you don't have the facts, you need to find them. You, I, I'm just a really straight shooter, and um, that's something important to remember when you're listening to any interviews that I do. Or if you come back and you you know listen to any nightly rant episodes, you know, searching for those those top five. Yeah. Uh, as you come through, you know, which we know the blockhead nation is going to do now. You're going to hear things and you're going to be like, wow, what a jerk. But when you think about, well, but he's right. Like one plus one equals two. And you can't say one plus one equals three because you feel like it. Um, I mean, I can bet you can guess what I feel about like um, gender identity issues and things like that. I, I, Mm -hmm. doesn't compute to me i mean especially when you talk to police officers and they say they're having a hard time because they're looking for a man but it's really a man who's changed himself into a woman but the exactly. dna says he's a man so if you're biologically always a man then you're a man um and people argue with me all the time there's other things you know, even toria gets upset with me that i'll say that's just not nope. the way it, that just isn't the way it is like you know it's you're trying to make one plus one equals three and it's not, it's, it's two and it's always going to be two. And maybe someday if they come up with some crazy thing and say, Oh, we've been doing math wrong all along, then I'll change my mind. Yeah, until, numbers until, don't lie. And DNA un, hasn't been wrong since until yeah. then one plus one is, is two. And that's me. I'm just very direct. And from the, I shoot from the hip until then. And, and that's kind of where 
because again, my demographics are normally 25 to 35 year old males. I'm probably getting a lot of nods of approval. I might have some that are cocking their heads this way. I'm not sure because it's an audio content. We have to create the visual here. So it's, it's hard to say that, but Mike, I thank you so much for your time and for your insight that we have tonight, guys. So everything we've covered tonight has been about perspective. It's been about just becoming a, having deeper understanding, but you know what else you guys need? A good night's sleep. It's been proven time and time again. And that's where Blockhead's going to introduce you to his newest merchant, his friends over at Kitsa Mattress. That's K-E-E-T-S-A Mattress. If you visit the website and you're going to check out all the links in the podcast, you can choose from six variations of the perfect mattress to match the way you sleep best. From the iCoil style mattress to memory foam to hybrid to even tea leaf and a variety of pillows that are on the website that are dual sized or that are wool and latex, all of this to help you get that perfect night's sleep. And guys, if you go through my link for this podcast tonight via the blog page, you're going to be able to see that you can save up to $289 on your mattress in the next couple of days by using the promo code God bless. I'm going to say that again. When you go through my link, you will see at the top, it's still running a Columbus Day sale. By getting $289 off your purchase, when you get to check out with your mattress or with your pillows, make sure you include the promo code, God bless, all uppercase, one word, G-O-D-B-L-E-S-S. Use that at checkout to get your discount. That's a thank you from Kitsa Mattress and from your friend, your favorite blockhead. And with that, Mike, I thank you for your time tonight. I hope I've got the seal of approval from the CEO. I hope that Yogi is happy with this session. And I thank you guys again. I bid you adieu, my friend. Thank you for having me, my friend. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And for that, good night, guys. Hasta la bye-bye. And on my end of things, we will see you next time. Same Blockhead time, same Blockhead channel. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.